This is Opinionated. I don't really have a full understanding of it, but that won't stop me from having an opinion. That's why we're here. Join Features Editor Ben Schiller and reporters Anna Batakova and Danny Nelson. You know, crypto is no longer just about money. It's about culture now. It's like you're thumbing your nose at the process. It's part of politics and part of sports and part of gaming. And it's not just the future of money anymore. As they push the conversation further with their own criticisms and reactions to the latest Bitcoin and crypto news from around the world. It believes crypto is bad and it wants it out. I'm even old enough to remember when Microsoft was a kind of cool company in Silicon Valley. Ben, you're old enough to remember when telegrams came over a wire under the sea. <laughs> <laughs> and just a reminder... Coindesk is a news source and does not provide investment advice. Hi, everybody. This is Opinionated. I'm Ben Schiller from Coindesk. And joining me today is Danny Nelson. Hi, Danny. Hello, hello. And Anna is off today because she's uh, dealing with some Ukraine-related stuff. So we wish her well, and we'll see her next week. So we're going to talk about an interesting case with media reporter Will Gottsegan. Hi, Will. Hi. Good to have you on the show. Thanks for doing this. He wrote a very nice op-ed this week about a guy called Brantley Milligan, who is one of the three directors of the Ethereum Name Service Foundation, who got into a lot of hot water over some tweets that he wrote uh, actually a few years ago, which resurfaced recently and got him fired from that foundation, but didn't get him fired, interestingly, from the DAO that is connected to that. So it's raised some interesting questions about DAO governance and sort of accountability that we're going to get into. So Will, do you want to give us the Backstory here, just to tell us why this became controversial. So last month on Twitter, basically people unearthed some of this guy's old tweets, which said stuff like, you know, homosexual acts are evil, trans people don't exist, abortion is murder, masturbation is a perversion, stuff like that. I was kind of saying to you before this, there's a, a wider reckoning about cancel culture and old tweets in this space. But the difference with this situation is that Brantley sort of doubled down when these old tweets were dug up. He was like, yeah, I still very much believe these things and it's going to stay that way. So he was fired from True Names Limited, which is the nonprofit that funds the Ethereum Name Service Foundation. But he was not removed as director from the Ethereum Name Service Foundation because that body is controlled by a DAO. And so it needed to be put to a DAO vote. The DAO vote happened this past week and he was not removed. A large part of that had to do with the fact that Brantley himself controlled a large amount of votes and voted basically for himself to stay. He had about 1,600 tokens in his wallet. Tokens, in this case, equals voting power, one vote per token, which also equals about 14 bucks, which is another sort of problematic thing, like each vote you can sort of buy on the open market. I mean, the issues have to do with what does it say about the way DAO governance works that uh, this guy who's made some pretty bigoted statements and has clearly said that he stands by them, by this decentralized voting process, he's being allowed to stay as a director of the ENS Foundation, even if it's a ceremonial position, be in a position of leadership in some way. But yeah, I mean, Brantley was delegated all these votes and he used them to vote for himself. He didn't recuse himself. And other major players specifically chose to abstain like they voted for the abstain position. But there are plenty of other major delegates too that just chose not to vote at all. The question is whether or not it's a success or failure of Dow governance that all these major players didn't vote. There were a lot of abstentions too. Brantley voted for himself. And the result has, I think I said in the piece, it's enshrined a kind of exclusivity on the blockchain. This guy is still in a position of leadership because that's 
what the voting process amounted to. So you're saying that in a normal company, he would have been fired or he was fired. And in a DAO, it's a special case because he's basically controlling the voting on the chain. So what do you think about this, Danny? Do you think it's problematic? Well, I think that, well, first off, for Brantley specifically, I think that his views are abhorrent. I think it is important that we say that the reason that he says he has these views is because he is a devout Catholic. However, there's a difference between being a devout Catholic and openly bashing people and also taking your point of view and uh, instigating. And I remember when, when this whole controversy broke out, someone asked him like, well, you know, what if I'm a transsexual hentai meme PFP or I'm paraphrasing here, but it was something, it was like ridiculously ludicrous just to make a point in response to that. He said, oh, in that case, I would make an exception. He was going well beyond just having views and doubling down on them. He was making fun of people. So I think that his personal views are abhorrent. I'm not an ENS token holder. I couldn't vote in this. What I find the most troubling in this whole thing is that, as we were talking about, some major delegates didn't even vote. Uh, I'm not sure if Coinbase voted to abstain or didn't vote at all. They didn't vote at all. They didn't vote at all. So that's that's really the crux of it. Like Coinbase is one of the major delegates for the ENS DAO, and they became one of those major delegates by telling people that they were going to take an active role in managing it. And taking an active role in crypto governance means that you uh, weigh in and shape the outcome when there are issues of importance. So the fact that Coinbase is putting itself in this position to wield all this power and then basically excluding all of those votes that people delegated to them by not even voting to abstain, I think is really troubling. Like those people, sure, they could have switched their delegation, but they didn't know beforehand that Coinbase wasn't going to do anything. And that decision, presumably, it excluded a lot of people from voicing their opinion. And also it created a situation which was excavated by other key delegates and ecosystem players like the founder of ENS, who also abstained. I think he voted to abstain now. It let, created a situation where Brantley was able to tip the scales with his massive trove. So I, well, I personally am troubled by the outcome of the vote. What's even more troubling to me is how we got there. Because if crypto governance works, then the outcome of votes, that's what it is. The fact that so many important votes were left out is uh, very troubling to me. Just because you own a token doesn't mean you have to vote it, really. It isn't. But if you're going to be a delegate and you tell people that you're going to take an active role and they give you their vote, then I think it does mean that you have to. You should at least vote to abstain. It's like you're thumbing your nose at the process, in my opinion, if you're not even voting to indicate that you don't want to say something. You mentioned like people could have changed their delegate. You can, but you got to remember, like people chose Brantley before he had made any of these comments. People chose Coinbase, as you said, before they knew that Coinbase was going to like sit this one out. The default on chain is to just let your delegate be the same. It is. I kind of feel like there should be some kind of mechanism for you have to actively re-choose your delegate after a certain period of time. Like it should like be voter great. registration almost. Because it's passive and it requires friction for you to actually like change your delegate and do that work, it's always going to favor a motionless system, mm-hmm. one that is going to maintain the status quo unless people really go out of their way. I think that's kind of what happened here. Like 
Brantley had all these, these delegates or people had delegated a lot of votes to him, but it's not clear to me that like how many delegates were actually changed since the beginning, you know, of this whole process. I'm sure there's a dude analytics dashboard out there yeah. that captures that. But yeah, no, that's a good point. We're talking about ENS here because there's a very clear example of the follies of DAO governance. But I don't think that this problem is exclusive to ENS DAO. It's just more visceral in this case. I think that there's a, a problem that needs to be solved with apathy and crypto governance more broadly. We're creating these systems that we say are decentralized, that we claim are decentralized, and create these Fakakta governance structures to manage them. And then when push comes to shove, it doesn't do anything because we don't have a culture in place to facilitate. And also, like Will said, the status quo is the default and it will be maintained. Isn't the problem here that we expect these structures to be somehow democratic when they're really not? I mean, when somebody can control 1.6 million tokens by buying them up, essentially, isn't that sort of problematic for the whole sort of idea? And, and you point out in the piece, actually, that this is very different from a co-op model where it would be one man, one vote. This isn't one man, one vote. And isn't that the problem here? Yeah, I mean, that's always been a thing with DAOs. You know, the tokens, which are effectively voting shares, they trade on like Uniswap or any other decentralized exchange. So you can just buy them all up and then have way more voting power than everyone else. And it really only depends on how much money you have. So it just gives power to whoever has the most money and who's ever willing to buy up the tokens. I mean, you could argue that that's how our system already works in this country. It's a little less A to B. Yeah, some extra steps. This is very direct. (laughs) You can literally buy votes. Okay, but it's very different from Citizens United, where you can sort of buy up uh, lots of advertising. I mean, and you still have uh, one person, one vote in that system. Right. So, so what does this suggest about the future then? I mean, if a guy like this, uh, who's, whose views are beyond the pale, can end up in control of a system like this, isn't, isn't that problematic for the whole model? It is, but I think like people are experimenting so much in real time. David Phelps, who's a guy who I quoted in the piece, has been tweeting a lot about this. The way the current DAO system operates is changing so quickly. And there's so many like small scale experiments that are doing things a little bit differently. Like, you know, Sherry Who's Water and Music is effectively a kind of DAO, but you have to earn tokens, which is a different, you can't just buy them in the same way that you can with other DAOs, uh, like with Friends of Benefits or whatever. I think I'm, I'm more optimistic, at least in the near term, about kind of these smaller scale experiments, things that look a little more like co-ops, than I am about sort of big DAOs that end up effectively recreating corporate governance structures just in the Web3 format. What do you think, Danny? Yeah, I mean, I'm less attuned to the goings on of DAO governance than I think you are, Well, but you know, I'm not bullish on crypto governance at the moment. I think that it really is currently a system that leans way too heavily on those with a financial stake. And I don't really know how you avoid that in a system where the financial aspect is already the baseline. Like we're all participating in this ecosystem. Okay, maybe I'll, I'll walk that back. We're not all participating because we're just in it for the money. But most people are. Most people are in crypto because they're in it for the money. And there are there's a strong contingent, but it's a minority that are trying to build these systems of decentralized authority. But the people that are participating in those systems are the ones in large part with the financial interests. And as long as you enable them to, I don't want to say game the system, but 
have massive influence over the system because of their financial stake, you're not going to have some decentralized governance. You're going to have something that's worse, in my opinion, than a corporate governance structure, because we don't pretend that a corporate governance structure is something other than what it is. We know what it is. It's a company that makes decisions within itself. And if we tell ourselves that crypto governance is some la-di-da salve, when really it's just Andreessen Horowitz or some other big player, no, not that they had any say in this specific one, just them as an example, I think that's a really a big issue. Yeah, I mean, DAOs that, that big VCs invest in, right? Like it works exactly like an investment for equity. You invest and you get a million tokens. And then Andreessen or whoever else is going to control X amount of votes as part of the DAO. It's effectively like buying a seat on the board. So what's the feature of uh, ENS itself then? This, That's a great question. Gonna... Yeah, like, like what is, okay, like, he was fired yeah. from the ENS Foundation from his role, but he's also a director. What does it mean that he's a director? What is he able to do? It's a little bit nebulous. I think it's mostly a ceremonial position, but he's certainly like a community steward in this role. And he's a developer. I mean, he's helped build out ENS, the program or the protocol. The question now is the community is clearly pretty broken up over this. I mean, almost half the people or almost half the votes as part of the survey this past week were voting against this guy. They wanted to remove him. There are a lot of people who clearly don't feel comfortable with this guy in a leadership role. And there are a lot of people in the community, uh, no doubt, who probably pretty broken up about the actual content of this guy's beliefs. The question is whether Brantley can effectively lead or remain a part of this organization that's kind of revolting against him in a way. I mean, there's been so much backlash. Typically, if you're a manager or some kind of higher up person at a company and enough people are dissatisfied with you, like you got to get out of there and get out of the way so that operations can continue in a productive way. But this guy has really dug in his heels and he made a gamble that kind of paid off for him in the snapshot vote. So what does he gain by doing this? So I don't really know what he stands to gain by remaining even as a director. Like, is there any financial reason to remain as a director? Is it just a pride thing? Otherwise, it just feels like, I mean, it's called opinionated, so I'll say it. It feels kind of selfish, in my opinion. I would agree with that. I mean, it's interesting to contrast this with the controversy with Cooper Turley and Friends with Benefits, where he had the good grace to step down. So how do you think about that contrast? Well, well I mean, the big one is that like he you know, apologized immediately. He went about things in the right way. He stepped down basically from all his leadership positions because he understood that his position, you know, with like variant fund and stuff like that, he couldn't reasonably work at these companies when he was drawing all this heat. And he's sort of slowly been creeping back in. Like he's started to, you know, post a lot of thought leadership type stuff on Twitter again, and he's doing Twitter spaces and he's writing again. So he's like reintegrating and people seem cool with that. Like, I think he's built up enough cred in this industry that like people aren't necessarily mad, or at least most people, that he's reintegrating in this way. But Brantley, it's like, I mean, he's, he's really, like I said, doubled down on his beliefs. Like, he's like, I don't like people who engage in these kinds of behaviors or who identify in certain ways. And I think that's a little harder for people to swallow. Yeah, to me, the distinction between the two is, is really on those lines. Yeah, I think it speaks about cancel culture more broadly. Like if we had to have an up-down vote, Danny, is cancel culture good? I would say no, cancel culture is not good. Knowing now what's going on with Cooper Turley, I wouldn't say that that's cancel culture because there was a crisis. He reacted to the crisis. He withdrew from entities that would be impacted negatively by the crisis. And now he's working to return. 
so he hasn't been canceled. He has worked to rectify the situation. And I think that's a good thing. Now, it's not really either cancel culture with Brantley because the culture could not cancel him because of Dow governance, which is hilariously worrisome, in my opinion. Okay, I think we're going to wrap this up. It's an interesting debate and we'll be watching this closely. Thanks very much, Will, for coming on. And thank you, Danny. This has been Opinionated. I'm Ben Schiller. We'll see you next time. You've been listening to Opinionated with Ben Schiller, Danny Nelson, and guest Will Gotzengen. Today's show is produced, announced, and edited by Michelle Mousseau, with additional production support from Eleanor Paul. Our theme song is by Ellison. Have any questions you would like the team to discuss? We would love to hear from you, so please reach out to us at podcasts at coindesk.com, subject line, Opinionated, or leave us a review on your favorite podcast player. Thanks for listening.